You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. I'm going to be iconic. And welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am Tim Capper, along with my co-host, Cliffy D. Hey, bud, how you doing? Oh, man, just living the dream as always, man. And so excited to be able to back and talking Alouette's football. Again, it's it's been a while. I mean, uh, what, a whole two weeks? <laughs> yeah, I don't know so, where that... Uh, it's been way too long. It's been it, way too long. <laughs> and, listen, and, we 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 got to do something to get get this off season moving, right? I mean, I mean, make really can't come fast enough, as far as I'm concerned. No, I know. Yeah, I will admit, uh, camping in in Saint Jerome this year is going to be it's going to be a different experience, obviously, from what it's been for Troyvier. But you know, we're also sitting here. We're wondering if our the night we're ta- we're, we're doing this, we're wondering if our power is going to stay on or not. Because it the wind in Montreal tonight is absolutely nuts, and you and I are not close to each other, and we both have it. It's 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 winding, it's winding outside. So, yeah, I really keep meaning to. I keep thinking about needing to buy one of these Jackery batteries that all these oh, yeah. van life guys are doing, and just plug all my crap in there, and just we can still keep going. We're good. That We're would good. be hilarious. <laughs> Power goes off, and all of a sudden, hey, I'm still doing. I'm still good. I'm still good. Yeah. Hey, uh, also, we want to, uh, we can't continue without thanking our presenting sponsor, Sport Buff, um, where if you go to their website and use the promo code Owls Flight Deck 10 at checkout, you will save 10% off the entire order. Uh, so head over to sportbuffshop.com, uh, use the code, save 10%, and support local uh, because these guys, uh, I'm sure if you heard or say many a time over the years, uh, if you know Chris and Gary, the sport buff name, they're absolute legends when it comes to uh, sports merchandise. So it's just, I don't know if you remember, remembering the days back at Atwater over to Lexus Neon, being able to go into their, to the original, the actual physical sport buff sh- store. It was actually pretty cool. Yeah. Back when uh, sticks and bricks stores were actually a thing and uh, not just, you know, what they've become now. I mean, listen, Ordering online is great and everything like that. And, but sometimes you just want to go in and actually see it. So, you know, there are times where I miss that, but at the same time, it's like, then you walk into a store and you're pressured to buy something. Whereas at least if you go on the mm-hmm. website, you take a look, you check it out. And I mean, you see all the merchandise there and you see everything that's there and you get a chance to really scope it out in that and then decide if that's for you. So I guess there's good and bad to it all, but uh, yes, definitely, uh, you know, folks, if you haven't already check out sportbuffshop.com, uh, got all kinds of great merch on there. As always, you got to support local. So, Tim and I, we we support local. Make sure you do as well. Exactly. Um, for this episode, uh, there isn't that much news, but we do have some stuff that we are going to be talking about this uh, this episode. Um, but and also, we, have a we guest. Hey, that's that. Oh, you are. Think alike. Yeah, think alike, my friend. <laughs> think alike. Uh, obviously, with the, the the changes that the Owls have gone through when it comes to the new additions for the Alouettes roster for 2024, uh, we wanted to bring in some new faces and get to know them. And that's exactly what we've done this week. So stay tuned uh, for in a little bit. Uh, we're going to be speaking with uh, the newest Alouettes uh, signee, 
uh, defensive lineman Isaac Adiemi Berglund, uh, a Canadian boy. So, hey, right there, ratio breaker. Uh, but it was uh, uh, just stay tuned for the, for the interview, and uh, uh, we hope you learn a little bit more about him. So, um, so my, my uh, as I said, I, I think it's going to be fun. So, um, okay, you know, we seem to be, you know, it's funny to say over the past 13 years, we were suffering Alowitz fans, Cliff, because we hadn't won the Great Cup. And as CFL fans, uh, you know, we are also we're, we're the fans that are really suffering too in another way. Uh, you know, the Alouettes have not had uh, hosted a Grey Cup in quite a while. And recently there was some news uh, that was announced in Quebec uh, through the Quebec government and I guess for the OIB, which is the, the corporation that runs the, um, the Olympic Stadium. Um, it looks like it's going to be a little bit more longer before we actually get to host a, another Grey Cup, isn't it? Yep. Uh, and it, it's, it's so funny because when I go to Grey Cup every year and people, you know, they know that, you know, they know me through the Alouettes and the biggest question I get asked more than anything else seems to be, when is Montreal hosting another Grey Cup? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you've been to Grey Cup in Montreal, you know Montreal is a party city. You know Montreal is all about, you know, letting loose and getting wild and Watching the game at Olympic Stadium, you got like sixty thousand plus fans in there. Stadium's rocking. I mean, it's in, in that sense, it's a great atmosphere for football. But you can't do it during the regular season, and that's why the Alouettes don't play at Olympic Stadium. But it's always when are you going to host a Grey Cup again? And truthfully, until Olympic Stadium gets a permanent roof, you can't even begin to entertain that idea. Yeah, which to me is absolutely ridiculous because I mean. I know you can't really predict the weather and the big concern is that the roof just isn't going to hold up to inclement weather. And God forbid you have that situation like you had back in Minnesota all those years ago at the Metrodome where everything just caves in and, you know, this is going on during a <laughs> the championship football game. So it's, it's tough. I, and we've had our that, fair share of things happening to the roof here in Montreal too. Actually things happening at the big O specifically so and, and the, the biggest thing though is the fact that truthfully it's going to cost close to a billion dollars to put a permanent roof on and oh, if, if you were to and if you were to believe the quebec government they're saying it would cost two billion dollars to just tear down the stadium so they feel it's more cost effective believe it or not to sink money into it a stadium, even though there's no tenant, there's no full time. Like I mean, it's call it for what it is. It's it, it's a, it's a landmark, mm-hmm. and someone even argue it's like a it should be given a national heritage status, a heritage building status. But no. truthfully, <laughs> well, you and I won't argue that. But <laughs> truthfully, though, I mean, do we Quebec taxpayers really want to pay for this? Really, truly. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. And I, I, I would like to see Olympic Stadium used in some way, shape, or form in, in just not the way it's being used now. And I just don't see the point of sinking even more money into it. I mean, I, I really don't. I mean, the Alouettes are not going to move back there. That would just be absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. There's no tenant. Baseball's not coming back. I'm sorry, Expos fans. 
it bums me out too, but yeah, you're, you're not getting a stadium, even not even on a temporary basis. I mean, I, I don't think they're even hosting like exhibition games there anymore for major league baseball. So, I mean, no baseball, no football, no soccer, because you got Stad Saputo next door and it's a fine stadium. It's doing its job. Uh, you're not getting like 60,000 fans to watch uh, Lionel Messi or David Beckham at uh, Olympic stadium either. So truthfully, there's, there's nothing to use the Olympic stadium for. So why are you sinking $900 million into this roof with, for no good reason, as far as I'm concerned? Yeah. And, 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 then, and then they come up with a cock and bull story about how it's going to cost nearly $2 billion to demolish the stadium. Garbage. Garbage. That, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. That doesn't, that doesn't even come close to passing the smell test, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. What people need to understand, too, if you, if you haven't been following the news, is more than just the roof itself. Obviously, the roof, there are some limitations for what the roof can have during the wintertime. If there's an X amount of snow on the roof itself, nobody can be in it. That's how unsafe they say that the roof is because, you know, p potential uh, some safety hazard. But also now they're talking about there's actually a concrete ring that goes around it. Uh, that supports the roof is what needs to be uh, also replaced, and that's where the amount of money is that they that they're claiming would cost uh, for for them to, you know, for them to do this. And you know, if this does go through, which the way that the way they were going here in Quebec, and just look at look at our roads and stuff like that, uh, the state that they can be in sometimes, um, you know, if this does get done, Cliff, you know, at earliest. Montreal would be able to host a great cup, I think, in 2028. Yep. 2028 or 2029, which in itself would be 20 or 21 years since the last time is that the that the excuse me, that Montreal hosted a great cup. Yeah. And unfortunately, playing at personal having the great cup at personal Molson Stadium is just not even close to feasible. I mean, I still want with, that. I still want that though. Sure, but I mean, would you pay three, four hundred, five hundred dollars for tickets? To sit on a bench? Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> I mean, if, if the stadium went ahead and got permanent actual seats, that'd be a different story. But even then, I, I think you'd be lucky to get 20,000 seats mm -hmm. with that. To, to put actual seats in as opposed to like sitting on you know, the, the little postage size stamp that has considered a seat at Percival Molson Stadium currently. But yeah, even uh, moving the uh, the fan zone, even bringing it back up to its capacity of twenty five thousand, they might be able to add some extra seats in there. But it's, I mean, it's you know, people may say, well, what, look what they did in Hamilton, you know, the COVID year, and then and then last year. Um, yeah, yeah, sure, it was just just over thirty thousand, but they, it's over thirty thousand. That's the thing. Yeah, so. it. and, and there's just. I, I couldn't see where you could put like temporary seating at Percival Molson, either like whether it's in the fan zone and just have it just against the, the neurological center or on the other side, like that where the actual entrance is. You, you, there's no way you could put permanent seating. It would be sketchy as hell. I, I, I wouldn't trust it. I wouldn't want to be sitting there and then paying for the privilege to sit on said sketchy uh, scaffolding. Yeah, that's well, a, I, I remember that, when, that's a hard no. Didn't they try to do that? Even though there's so many seats over at Texas Stadium where the Cowboys play, where they tried, they did that also with temporary seats, and they and they ended in the upper deck, and they ended up not. I think they ended up being condemned because they weren't for that game. They, they couldn't be used because they weren't put together properly. Right. So, so I mean, you all these people scrambling for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, so. <laughs> 
But, I mean, the CFL takes enough of a beating online and, you know, from like naysayers and, you know, haters and that cheerfully re- disregarding what you had just talked about over at Texas or uh, was at t Stadium in, yeah. in Dallas for that Super Bowl. But still, I mean, if, if you're going to do it, do it properly, regardless of the league, regardless of mm-hmm. if, especially if your championship game and you want as many people there as possible. All this to say that, no. Personal Mosa Stadium, as cool as it would be, and fun, and you know, as great as it would be, it it it's just not feasible to host a great cup there. Which which is unfortunate. I mean, unless they figure something out. I mean, it's just a matter. We're gonna have to watch, see what happens, because now there's been obviously some, there's some, some major pushback by not only the politicians but also by fans and you know who are the taxpayers who would be paying basically for this extra million, but up to a million dollars to have this roof fixed. And I mean, we haven't seen renderings of it yet, but it look, sorry. Yeah. But it looks from what I'm seeing, it looks good. You know, some, you know, using some terms, some transparency ideas from the other stadiums out, uh, out, out West and stuff like that, you know, San Diego and, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, uh, LA and, uh, Vegas and, you know, having a clear, uh, clear, uh, roof. But I know I, I, again, Again, but again, that's all well and good, but without a tenant, like a, a true tenant in that building, like what are you sinking all this money into for what? For the aesthetic, for the look? It, yeah, two I'm soccer sorry. two soccer games a year, potentially having, pulling some stuff out of the Palais de Congrès, you know, I, which I don't think would happen because that's the Palais de Congrès has become the place when it comes for, for any type of, you know, of, uh, you know, Major boat trade show. show or, yeah, yeah, boat show, trade show, car show. Exactly. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um, but unfortunately, you know, as it is, it's, there's not much we can do as, as CFL and Alouette uh, supporters that it's, it's just not going to, it's just not going to happen. We're going to have to. And I don't think there's anything you could offer Pierre Carapelado to move the Alouettes back to playing at, at uh, Olympic stadium. I think mm-hmm. truthfully, I, I'd see him building his own stadium first, like his own football only stadium. Yeah. Cause I don't first. think even like they did at BMO, I don't think Saputa would be able to, to be expanded enough to hold a great cup. Yeah. And even then you, you're back to the same, still the same issue of the fact that it's not downtown. It's not like, it's far away from everything. Yeah. I mean, yes, you can, you can access it by subway, but again, you, you wouldn't, you, there's no atmosphere around that area that, that yeah. you would expect for great cup like or a, a major event like that so not much we can do right that's I mean, what we'll the labor didn't see what happens it is, i mean it is very possible which would be sad that montreal may never have a, be able to host a great cup again but uh only time will tell i guess and i guess the money or whatever <laughs> because well, unless again unless mr Pelado wants to build stad videotron i mean that's <laughs> question is where though well that would be I mean, the question that would be the well, question one one day we'll get him on the show and I, I will definitely ask him that and see what he has to say. Yeah. So um let's know let, let's let us know what you guys think about it. I mean it's it's a sad, sad story, obviously, but uh obviously right now we there's nothing not much we can really do except watch from uh you know, watch from behind the curtain. So um you know, as we're talking about uh free agency at the beginning of the show, Cliff. And, you know, even though the Alouettes seem to be pretty much well and done when it comes to free agency, the Alouettes still are are signing some people um, who I just I guess didn't go as quickly as they thought they would 
uh, when free agency did begin originally. But uh, the Owls did sign another returning Alouette. He's coming back to the nest, isn't he? He sure is. And he actually can call himself a Grey Cup champion now because he was very much a part of the championship roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Nafis Lyon, who came to the Alouettes via trade with Edmonton a couple of years ago, uh, was our our starter on defense. Uh, unfortunately, suffered a what turned out to be a season-ending injury for him that first game against Ottawa during the home opener, which really sucks because Nafis is an absolutely outstanding football player, uh, just an absolute bear on defense. Uh, and so he was he was due for due to hit the market on free agency. Uh, there were no takers, uh, and I, I wonder if the Alouettes were kind of just hoping and praying that someone didn't see the value in him, and clearly that was the case. And Montreal was able to swoop him, swoop in, bring him back to the nest, which is absolutely fantastic. I think he'll be a great contributor along the same lines of Najee Murray, who is also coming back from a major injury, and is also a defensive, pro, uh, you know, def- defensive wizard. <laughs> I'll call him that. I definitely think these two young veterans will be a big, a big part of the secondary, a big part of what makes this Alouette's defense so strong yet again. Uh, again, we're, we're very excited about the moves that were made in free agency thus far, but also some of these other moves that you don't, they don't get quite the fanfare that you would expect. And it's almost like, Oh, Nafis Lion is coming back. Great. I'm like, yes, it is great because when he's healthy, he's a hell of a player. You didn't mm-hmm. see it last year, but Trust me, he's he's one of those guys that can turn a game on a dime. And he didn't get a chance to do it last year, unfortunately. But you got to believe he will be coming back very motivated, very excited to show what he can do and to get back in with those guys that we talked about. And also, too, with the youngsters like the KB Nentos and the Reggie Stubblefields and Mark Antoine Dequad to, to make this defense, to make this secondary just an absolute beast. And, yeah, I, I definitely think this is one of those – Signings that doesn't have a lot of fanfare, but come October, November, we'll be thankful, very thankful that the Alouettes said, yeah, we want Nafis back on back back in blue and red, and look what he's done for us so far. And to me, that's that's going to be key. It's, it's signings like that that I really think will help ensure that this Alouettes team remains competitive for years to come. And it's experience. That, that To me, that's one of the biggest pluses too, Aircliff, is that there's experience within Nafis. So and he knows the system, you know. I mean, I, I mean, it's not saying that, the, that our new guys that we've signed for on defense aren't going to be able to, you know, be able to to master uh, Noel Thorpe's system. Uh, they should be able to. I mean, they're pros. So it's it, it, it's still cool to ha- it's still cool to see that uh, we're, we're able to still bring back some some of the guys that uh, helped uh, the Owls some uh, you know win the cup last year. So mm-hmm. um, so so uh, speaking of free agents, you teased it at the beginning. I think we have an interview, don't we? We sure do. Uh, we're very excited to be able to, as we've done over the past couple of years, one of our first episodes of the year, we always seem to have a, a free agent signing or a, a returnee to the to the team. And we're keeping that tradition going once again. We are very excited to be able to welcome a new Alouette to the Alouette's flight deck. Uh, without further any further ado, let's sit down. Let's have a chat with... Uh, our new defensive lineman, Isaac Adiemi Berglund. All right. Well, folks, Alouette's free agency, has, it's 
I'd say the dust is settled now, and I think we've got a pretty good idea of where this team is going forward now as far as the 2024 season is. Uh, we're very excited to be joined tonight by one of the uh, acquisitions, if you will, uh, from the Calgary Stampeders, now a member of the Montreal Alouettes. We are so excited to welcome to the flight deck Isaac Adeyemi Berglund. Isaac, welcome to the Alouettes flight deck, and of course, welcome to Montreal. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm excited to get out there and uh, just be a part of the squad, man. So I appreciate you guys having me on. All right. So give us a quick uh, look at the free agency process. Uh, I mean, you've, I don't believe you've gone through it before. I, I think you were drafted by Calgary. So, I mean, this is your first chance to sort of see what else is out there and uh, take us through the experience of going from being a Calgary Stampeder to now becoming a Montreal Alouette. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was drafted to Calgary. And uh, I just met a lot of good guys here, I would say. So just a lot of uh, good players and a lot of guys that are on now on the, uh, the Alouettes. Um, but the process, it's kind of, it was a little bit, it wasn't dragged out. It was, uh, you know, I spoke with Montreal day one of uh, the window. And that was, you know, it was pretty much, you know, getting the, the ducks in a row. And then, you know, by day two, uh, we had an agreement set on. I'm pretty sure it was day two or day three, um, probably day two. But it was, it was quick. Um, you know, I spoke with all the coaching staff. I spoke with, um, you know, everyone that I had to, to, to talk to. And it was really good. Um, you know, I wouldn't say it was uh, difficult at all. I, I just wanted to go to, uh, to an organization that, um, you know, showed, showed interest in me. And Montreal was there at the jump. And, uh, yeah, it was a really easy decision for me. It wasn't, it wasn't difficult at all. So um, just really appreciative of the, uh, the organization and uh, the process itself. Now, is it, is it interesting uh, coming and being a part of what's now become a championship organization? Yeah, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, I'm excited. I'm excited, you know what I mean? I don't think, uh, like, you look at it and it's, anytime there's a championship organization, it's, uh, it's just an honor to be, to be looked at as, you know, um, you know an acquisition to somebody that um, the organization might look to, to to provide something that they, they think they might need. And, you know, they don't need a lot. You know, they just, they just won. And, um, yeah, I'm just excited to be a part of it. And it's, uh, it's refreshing. When you were being recruited, who is the most uh, vocal to get you to the Alouettes? Who was the first? Did anybody contact you as soon as the, ten, you know, like a player, whoever it may be, oh. you know, as soon as, the, as soon as that tampering window opened up? Uh, I'm good friends with uh, I'm good friends with Lamb, and uh, you know he was one of the guys that I met here my rookie year in Calgary. So uh, you know he's he's always been um, he's always been helping me out in terms of you know how to how to get better uh, with the game and the game speed and, and different things to look at um, and just how to be successful in the game. So you know I've, I've spoken with him. I, I talked to him all the time. I was talking to him yesterday, and uh, we we're always we're always uh, you know going back and forth. So. I'm sure he's had he uh, he put a good word out for me. Uh, he knows the type of player I am and the type of teammate I am, and and uh, yeah, I really appreciate it for him. And he's probably he's probably the main one for sure. <laughs> How was it going through the the tampering window for the very first time as a free agent? Was it because obviously you know NFL and other leagues like and Major League Baseball, there's no such thing as this tampering window. How how did you how did you go about it? It was uh, like leading up to it. It was a little. Uh, it was a little weird because you don't really know where you stand. And then you got, you know, obviously people, the deal started to go fast. I feel like, you know what I mean? You didn't want to be there on, 
on day four or day five. You didn't really, I mean, at least for me, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was new for me. I wasn't really sure. And uh, yeah, it was uh, once I got there and I realized like who was interested in me and, and uh, who, what teams I felt comfortable with and with their vision of, of me and their system. Then I was, uh, you know, I was, I was really, I was really comfortable with the process. Uh, you just have to, uh, just have to just go in with an open mind and, and not close any doors and yeah and it worked out are you a player who represents yourself or do you have a do you have an agent no i got an agent rob fry is my agent he he represents everyone i think uh just about like, yeah <laughs> seems like he's got coaches <laughs> GM, and players and, yeah so he's great though awesome. um obviously I, I we're looking at you're you're drafted in 2020 what was it like being drafted in the in the COVID year yeah it was crazy um the whole reason i went to uh you know, I went down south was because I'm, I'm Canadian. The whole reason I went down south and I actually like my dream for football when I realized I could actually play at professional level was in Quebec when I played in Sherbrooke um, at Champlain in Lennoxville. Um, so going to going to play football down south from there and then kind of having everything fall down because I was actually in Arizona um, training like, you know, with with dudes like Alex Highsmith and Travis Gibson and Jonathan Taylor, like all together and um you know the covid thing happened and i had to get home as fast as possible that was my grandmother was get home get home like so got, i went back to new orleans shipped all my stuff home and and then uh yeah it was it was kind of like a wild turn of events because you know then the nfl thing got shut down immediately um there was no camps there was nothing like that and then um yeah like even for the cfl like you couldn't have any people over to watch the draft like you know i think i had like i think i might have had like six people over and my whole family was scared that the police were going to come in and, <laughs> and, and break down yeah the fight but it was a it was a it was interesting obviously as rookies that COVID year we didn't play so there was no compensation there was you know i, I worked like a, a child temporary child care job back in halifax i actually really enjoyed it um but it was um it was a, it was it was a challenge but you know, I'm happy that I, I got to go through and, and I got to grow from that experience anyways. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, we've talked to a few of the guys who were on the team at the time too and, you know, just talking to whether they were wide receivers or whether they were quarterbacks. It's just a matter of keeping yourself in shape, uh, continue working out, working out, working out because, as you know, you guys couldn't do anything. You really yeah. could not do anything, so. Yeah. All right, let's talk about you being on this defensive line. Uh, and also to being joined by Derek Wigan as well, another teammate of yours from Calgary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how much did Danny Machocha talk to you about his working with the offensive line, uh, defensive line? Because it seems to me like that's been his pet project since he started this job here in Montreal. Like he's he's made it very clear the defensive line is his number one priority, and it feels like he's always tinkering with it. He's always making changes, even after winning a great cup. You're like, no, we're still going to make some moves. We're going to get an Isaac Berglund and a Derek Wigan. Like, where do you think you fit in 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 this lineup? Yeah, I don't want to, and, and that's the thing too. Like these guys, obviously, they just won the championship, so um, it's uh, you know, I just want to come in and I want to contribute in any way that I can. And I think uh, I think what they look what they look for in me is, you know, what I bring to the field, I bring physicality, you know, I'm violent pass rusher. And, um, you know, I have a, I have a high motor and that's what's gotten me to this point thus far. 
And, um, you know, I'm excited to see what I can do with a little bit of opportunity sprinkled into that mix. Uh, I think you, you watch their film and even me, like I've been, I'm actually like, currently I have, I can't even sit down because everything in my house here is sold in Calgary. So I'm literally just waiting for my landlord to come and, and take everything. But, you know, all I've been doing is just sitting down like on the floor, literally watching film for the past, you know, four or five days. And you look, there's so many different, like you had the Luals and you had so many different players in the system um, that can do so many different things. And, you know, credit to, to Thorpe too, because he's, he's always um, allowing the, the defense to succeed as well. But yeah, like I just want to come in and, and uh, play my part and, and help this team repeat and, and do what they do best. And however that works, even with, even with Wiggs, I was with Wiggs last night. And, uh, you know, with him, he's a great, he's a great leader and he's, he's like the ultimate teammate. So he, uh, he gets things done as well. And yeah, I think we're probably just looking to do the same thing as to come in and help the defensive line in any way we can. Not to mention the fact that you guys are ratio breakers, that's gotta be huge. And yeah, factoring into how, how often you will be getting into the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's such a, it's, it's hard because there's so many different rules now, I feel like with the, the nationalized American, it's it's hard to even kind of differentiate how it works, but um, whatever helps the team, yeah, being Canadian, hey, whatever helps these guys, and I'm, uh, I'm happy, I'm happy to help out. So, no, I mean, I I look at this lineup. I mean, you, Wigan, uh, Lemon, Mustafa Johnson, Brock Gowanlock. I mean, like you talk about a murderer's row here. I mean, this is like like I I almost feel a little bit sorry for the quarterbacks you guys are going to be facing because. You guys are gonna bring the heat. There's no question about that. Yeah, and you got uh, Dylan Wynn up in there too. So. Oh yes, I'm yes. Like, yeah, I've gotten to. In a lot of these guys, you know, I get to. I've gotten the pleasure of watching like throughout like my rookie year because you know I was just looking at everyone's game, and you know Sean Lemon always makes it happen. So you, he's he's constant production. But yeah, the rest of us too. I feel like, um, yeah, just a just a nice just a nice potent mix. So hopefully we can just get it done. And by the way, Cliff, no, we don't feel bad for the quarterbacks. They're our team. We don't. We don't feel bad for them at all. <laughs> I mean, maybe a little. I'm just like, it'll be a passing fancy. You know, it's just like, <laughs> oh, that's a shame. <laughs> Another sack. <laughs> oh, terrible. <laughs> um, now that you're a part of Alouette's nation, Isaac. I mean, what's uh, what do you look on? Obviously, you've been to Montreal before. It's not as often as you normally would because you're you were playing on a Western team. But what's uh, what are you looking forward most to Montreal once you get here? Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I spent two years out there, um, after high school. So like, I've been, and I was in Sherbrooke, so it's, yeah, it's a different monster. Montreal's a different monster. Um, but man, like I have so many friends out there still to this day, uh, that are done ball that, you know, I played with in Calgary that are now there. Like Andrew Cena Spalding is out there and, uh, you know, I'm just excited to get into town and to get a routine, you know, to find different spots, like, um, different gyms to work out at i uh do a lot of different stuff in the off season so you know i've got um got those lined up and then obviously the food uh but yeah i'm just excited to get into the mix and, and kind of make myself at home within the communities in montreal um yeah just kind of be around be around the team and and be around you know the community that's that's really what i'm looking for aside from the football which will be a little bit later i think i'll be there i think i'll be in montreal april 1st um that's that's my goal and then yeah that's uh that's pretty much the plan i just want to get around the team and get familiarized with uh with my surroundings
Have and you I'm had sure, a chance to talk I, I, with the... Oh, I would say I'm sure one thing too you're not going to miss is uh, those weird uh, schnooks and uh, cold weather out west. Right. Right. <laughs> even right now, even right now it's like minus 25. Like three days ago, I had a t-shirt on walking my dog, and now it's like I got snow pants on and a balaclava. The only things that are showing in my eyes. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm uh, excited about that. Do we do we dare tell them what the temperature is right now, Tim? What how, what is it out there now? Well, it it was it got to plus 15 today. And yep. we're going into and we're going into a flash freeze tonight. So we're going to be minus eleven by tomorrow morning. Minus eleven. That's it. Oh yep. man, that's easy. I know. We. That's I easy. know. It's balmy. <laughs> oh man, I'll take that. That's easy. But yeah, I'm excited to get out there uh, for sure. There's so many good things about Montreal. And, um, I never really got to fully experience it as uh, you know, I was in Sherbrooke, and you know, we one of us shared a car, so we never we never went out there. It was like for dinner, and then came back to Sherbrooke and I'm just excited to just to be around a community that's that I'm not familiar with you know and, yeah. and get my French back man like I'm excited about that gotta get my French back and yeah I'm you'll, you'll be thrown in by the way, he'll be thrown you'll be thrown into it immediately especially with camping up in St. Jerome this year so it's yeah you, you'll you'll get thrown into it right away and, and you know what with all honesty Isaac and I'm sure you know this the, the fans will adore you you just you just try that's all that matters to them. That's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. And I was going to say, I took French immersion up to like grade 12. And so like, I got all my stuff, all my ducks in a row. And, you know, when I, when I lived out there, like I, you know, I had French teammates that all they did was speak French. And a lot of those guys are in the, in, you know, some of those guys are in the NFL now and a lot of them in the CFL. And, you know, we talk a little French on the field just for, for good fun. But yeah, once I, once I get there, I'm, all I need is a week. There you go. And I'm so, good. Yeah. You're, you're going to get every opportunity. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited for there sure. There you go, like riding a bike, right? You just uh... <laughs> seriously, seriously. Have you had a chance to talk to uh, Coach Thorpe and uh, Coach Irvin yet? Yeah, yeah, I uh, I spoke with them. Like we had we had a a pretty good call, all of us together. We all had a good call before before the uh, the deal was done, and uh, and then obviously I also talked to them after, um, just about the film and stuff because I'm I'm watching the film. And there's a uh, there's so many different things happening. You know, and it's the lingo is a little bit different, but it's all the same. You know what I mean? It's all once you get it, you get it. And it's just different names for kind of the same thing. But, yeah, we've uh, we've had great chats and uh, I'm just excited to kind of get integrated. So not only would be relearning the, the French language, but you're going to be learning a new language. So it's, you're, you're going to be like Duolingo here. So it's going to be it's going to be good, man. Duolingo, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just uh, I was just learning Spanish on Duolingo the other day. So, oh. Um, Hey, don't give me don't give me too much credit. Now I'm only on like level five. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of you know I can see the similarities, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for sure. Oh, listen, this is exciting, man. This is great. Uh, okay, uh, Isaac. Obviously, the goal is to help this team repeat as Grey Cup champion. But aside from that, is there any other goals that you're looking forward to in 2024? Um, this is uh. This is my first deal out of my rookie deal, and I just uh, I'm I don't want to I don't want to set the bar like I have stuff in my own head that um, that I'm looking forward to and that I have personal that I'm going to keep to myself. Uh, but I just want to come in. And I just want to help this team. I know this team is a bunch of like this team is a bunch of dogs, and you can feel it when you play against them, and you can feel from the fans' perspective when you're when you're in the stands, and you just know like even the fans like. They just they just embody that not the underdog mentality I'd say I don't 
it's just a, like hard workers, hard nose, and they, they get the job done no matter what has to be done. They just get it done. You don't know how they're going to get it done, but it happens. And so uh, I just want to come in. I just want to contribute in any way possible um, and help this team do what needs to be done. That's, uh, that's the major goal, and that's the only goal that, you know, I want to I wanna set out for myself and for the team. I think you're going to find that this team does have that, very much that blue collar lunch pail mentality to it. Like bring your boots, go to work kind of thing. And I think you're going to be, be more than fine in here. Yeah, I love that. And that's, uh, that's kind of been uh, something that I try to hang my hat on as well. Uh, my entire career, I felt like, you know, when people talk about motor or, you know, hard worker, uh, that's, that's something that you can always control. So I like that being uh being kind of like a cornerstone quality that uh, this team has. And I'm, I'm just excited to get there and, and to get the work in. All right, perfect. Well, Isaac, I mean, as I said, we're very excited with the moves that the Alouettes have been making in free agency. Excited to see what you bring to the Alouettes. Uh, before we let you go, uh, how do we find you on social media? How, do, how can people follow Isaac on social media? It's pretty, it's pretty easy. So. A quick story, the Eddie Emmy Berglund, the Eddie Emmy, um, really when I was trying to go to, uh, to go to the States for football in college, I put the Eddie Emmy in my name legally because it is it's my father's name and then my mother's name. Uh, but I put it in there so that it would draw attention. So, you know, they'd open up my hundreds of emails I was sending. They would open them up just like, what is that name? So now it's really like, it's kind of tough because the, the jerseys and the pronunciation, but... If you want to find me on anything, it's just Isaac.Berglund or Isaac Berglund. If you search it up, that's pretty much what I go for on social media, just because it's easier for people to find and you don't really got to worry about it. But yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited. Al's fans and uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, anytime you guys ever want to chat, holler at me. Yeah, for sure. And I was about to say for your last name, hey, you know what? At least you're not wearing a Major League Baseball uniform where it's a hell of a lot worse. So, I mean, at yeah. least they can get the thing across yeah. on one nameplate. So, yeah, yeah, sure. you're right. You're right. 100%. 100%. Yeah. But we're looking forward to seeing you, bud. We really are. It's, uh, we love, uh, you know, it's great meeting you virtually. We'll, we'll see you at camp for sure. And we'll, uh, we'll come say hey. But uh, uh, again, welcome to Montreal. Uh, welcome back to Quebec. And uh, welcome to Alouette's Nation. Let's do it. I appreciate you guys. Great, uh, great young man. Eh? I mean, so so well spoken. I can only imagine I, what is what we're gonna be able to see once once we get to see him on the field uh, for real. Eh? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the, that Nova Scotia, you know, being brought up right uh, in the Maritimes. Uh, you can you can tell definitely a, a very respectable, fine young man. Uh, definitely excited to see Isaac Berglund playing in blue and red this year. Uh, as as we talked about that defensive line. Danny Mack has been tinkering with it nonstop and just being able to add a piece like that, as well as with Derek Wigan, Dylan Wynn to go along with like the Mustafa Johnson's, the Sean Lemons, the Brock Gamalocks, like, holy crap, that is going to be a force, an absolute force. And we are so excited. We, we cannot wait to see Isaac Berglund do his thing on the field this year. So glad that he was able to come on and join us. And yeah, we'll definitely have him back on to chat anytime he wants. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, 
Uh, before we get uh, get on to our, our last couple of topics for the uh, for the show this week, I uh, don't want to uh, forget to uh, let every know everybody know about um, our socials. Uh, you can follow us on X or Twitter or Twix. I still like Twix at Alouettes FL Deck. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at Alouettes Flight Deck Pod, and you can follow us on Instagram and YouTube uh, at Alouettes Flight Deck. Also, if you're looking to catch out, uh, catch all of our episodes, even the ones that you missed of past episodes of the Alouette's Flight Deck, head over to our homepage over at www.alouette'sflightdeck.ca. And also, if you are looking for some merchandise, uh, and as I mentioned last episode too, uh, we got some new stuff coming for you for the 2024 season. Uh, or if you want to get it now, get a jump, do it right now. Head over to our shop over at uh, www.flightdeckgear.ca. And just a reminder, we are on also on Blue Sky. You can find us there at Alouette's Flight Deck. Um, and uh, hey, chat with us. Tell us what you think. We want to know. Uh, give us some suggestions. Guys, you want to see in the future shows what you think of the interview. Uh, we're here for you guys. That, that That's the main thing. Yeah. If you're watching us on YouTube, all the links are down here as well. So make sure you check that out. So no excuses, yeah. folks. You you know where to find us. <laughs> yep. Subscribe and like. Subscribe and like and leave a comment. Mm-hmm. We, we would love to see what you guys think. So um, this, this week we were talking about players that have recently re-signed with the Alouettes. Uh, we had a former Alouette, uh, call it a career, somebody who was very well known in the CFL, also made a, a huge name for himself in the CFL. Uh, it, it was announced uh, just this week, uh, just, I think it was just a couple of days ago, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that Hinak Mwamba has announced his retirement. Yeah, and what a player. What an absolute beast of a player. Uh and back in 2011, he was the first overall pick, and the hype surrounding him was like nothing else. Uh, like the, he had all the tools. You do this is a guy that could be a major force. Uh, he did a little time in the NFL as well, uh, but I mean, his heart always seemed to be a set on the CFL. Uh, he played for a number of teams, including Montreal. Not once, but twice. He was an yeah. Alouette. Uh, it was kind of funny. He was. Uh, when he first came to the Alouettes, uh, the number 10 was already taken. Like his number 10 was already taken, so he ended up with number 50, which is my favorite number. So I, I was excited. Like, oh, dude, <laughs> if anyone's going to rock the 50, I am thrilled that it's Hinoch Mwamba. Then to come to find out this week that he hated the number 50. He did not oh. like it. He really wanted his 10. He, and it just, lo and behold, unfortunately, it just was not available to him. So he had to wear the 50 for the first his first go around as an Alouette. Uh, ended up leaving, I think, with the Saskatchewan and eventually made his way back to Montreal. He by that at that point, number 10 was available, so he snapped it up and mm-hmm. wore it proudly for the, the next couple of years. Uh fortunately, uh he decided to uh go back home, so to speak. Uh he's from Mississauga and decided to end his playing career as a member of the Toronto Argonauts. Uh but his final game was the 2022 Grey Cup, and what an absolutely outstanding game he played. Uh, ended up winning both most, he was voted most valuable player and most valuable Canadian, which is absolutely outstanding. Uh, the last yeah. person to do that was Andrew Harris to, to get the, the double honor, but uh, for Hinoch to get that, 
in what essentially ended up being his last game because he, he technically hadn't retired. Like he was technically still an active member of the Organauts in 2023, but injuries just kept him off the field. He never actually suited up uh, instead kind of focusing, I guess uh, he was already starting to take the steps towards his uh, post football career. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can find him co-hosting the waggle with Donovan Bennett uh, on CFL.ca does an absolutely outstanding job. Uh, and I guess decided, you know what? May as well make it officially official and call it a career. And I mean, I, I've met him not numerous times, spent, was able to spend some time with him and just a prince of a gentleman. There, there's just as dangerous and terrorizing as he could be on the field for opposing players. He was just so warm, so loving, so, so generous with his time after off the field. Just an absolutely great guy. I, I do see he knocked Mwamba jerseys throughout personal Wilson stadium on game day. So that's, I mean, that's, that's a hell of a tribute right there. And it just speaks volumes to the kind of person he was. Uh, lots of Hinoch Mwamba Argo jerseys as well. I remember seeing those at the Eastern final this year at BMO yep. Field. Yep. Once again, even though he wasn't playing, and if for all intents and purposes, probably wasn't going to play anymore, people were still showing him the love. And to me, that, that, just, that, that just speaks volumes as far as what kind of a person he was on and off the field. So uh, Hinoch, if you're watching this, just know that we appreciate everything you did for Alouette's Nation. It would have been great to have you get, be a member of this great cup winning organization, but just didn't work out. But man, what a career, what an absolute beauty of a career. First ballot hall of famer. There's absolutely no question in my mind about that. Uh, I, I hope you keep doing the waggle. I hope you keep uh, doing everything that you, you and seriously, all the best to you in the next chapter, man. Uh, yeah. we, we salute you. Alouette's nation salutes you. And, Thank you again for everything. I think with somebody who has, you're talking about how many people still wear his jersey. It shows uh, once you get to that point where the people are still wearing your jersey, you know, I, even though it was just a year, basically a year removed, it still shows that you're in legendary status. That that's the thing. You're you're, you're a legend within the the within that game itself. So and and for a guy who was in the league for ten years. You know, being uh, ended up if he ends up becoming a Hall of Fame or whatever it may be, it's going to be well, well, well worth it. Yeah, I, I think I truly think uh, with his body of work, it's not a matter of if he'll be in the Hall of Fame, but when. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I'll say it. I, I truly think first ballot Hall of Famer. So I think the the minute he becomes eligible, he's going in. I, I, I'd be stunned, quite frankly, if he if he wasn't. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, we we joked about this last year. It seemed to be a, a huge bit of contention with the the uh, the Owls organization. Uh, some say it was a rallying call during the Grey Cup playoffs and stuff like that because it was always referenced to you know got got you know we they had misfit toys. We had the one percent. You know the we the ones that type of thing. Uh, the CFL and their writers put out the very very early very unscientific. Power rankings, didn't they, Cliff? <laughs> they sure did. And you know what? It doesn't even matter where your team is ranked. You're going to be pissed off, it, it feels like. Unless you're number one. Then you're like, well, yeah, of course. We we, we should have been number one last year and so on and so forth. But, yeah, uh, it was actually kind of funny because, you know, moves were made. Uh, you know, teams went up and down and such. But who was number one? Who else but the reigning and defending Grey Cup champion, Montreal Alouettes. Finally, they put some respect on their damn name, and that's awesome. That's great. I mean, again, 
I really could give a rat's ass about the power rankings. I, I don't even think yeah. twice about it just because <laughs> enough for the, you know, for the hater reasons or anything like that. It's just, I mean, for Christ's sake, it's, it's February. <laughs> a, a lot's going to happen between now and when training camp opens and any number of things that happen, any, any number of things can change. And, you know, this is just clearly try, just trying to stoke that fire, try and get that off season talk going and keep fans interacted and mm-hmm. engaged in the product. And, I can't fault them for it. it. That to me, that's part and parcel of how you keep people talking about the CFL 24, seven, 365. And exactly. You know, like I, I just laugh because, okay, you know, it, it would be very easy for them to say, well, obviously the Winnipeg blue bombers are number one. I'm like, but the yellow, what's beat them in the gray cup. So shouldn't they be number, shouldn't the champs be number one? I mean, by default, I mean, you can debate number two to number nine, all you want, but shouldn't, the defending Grey Cup champions be number one by default, which, by the way, are the two sweetest words in the English language. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and we'll just go over to them. I think these are available over on CFL.ca. This is the one that was done specifically by by the CFL.ca staff. I know Jamie and I had one there, too, and uh, I don't think the Alouettes were put number one, but I'm going to leave that as it is. Um, how dare you? Um, Alouettes were, were ranked uh, one uh, early ranking last year by was nine. Uh, some boards. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah there we go. I, I forgot to skip one. Uh, Winnipeg <laughs> is listed as two. They were one last year. Uh, BC Lions is three. Uh, early ranking last year was second. Winnipeg is four. Early ranking is seventh. Uh, they, that's funny. Seventh, seventh, and they they finished the year with a seven game losing streak well, again. Anyways, I don't. You said Winnipeg twice. I think you meant Saskatchewan. Uh, sorry, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Uh, Toronto listed as fifth. They were fourth last year in the early rankings. Um, Edmonton listed as sixth. They were eighth last year. Uh, and last, sorry, uh, Ottawa at sixth, uh, seventh. They were sixth last year. And Hamilton uh, at eight. Their were ranking was fifth. And Calgary, third down to ninth. Okay. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, it's let's, let's call it for what it is. I mean, the Calgary for years was the model franchise for the Canadian football league, but I mean, they've, they hit some hard times lately and, uh, and Winnipeg know. has eclipsed them. That, that is, that is true. Winnipeg really was the, the standard that people wanted to be until, you know, it, it's kind of hard to believe though, that uh, like Saskatchewan and Edmonton who arguably were worse than Calgary last year, all of a sudden have usurped them as far as power rankings go. And which again, folks, I mean, it's not scientific yeah. by any stretch. It really is just, a, there's a couple of, there's a, there's a whole metric for it, but we're not going to get into that now, but uh, it well, is it's, well, it's kind of like the metric for the, for the, for the U sport football rankings. It's weird. It, it's not done by a coach's poll. It's, it's actually done by a computer based off of this, this, and this. I'm like, no, 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 no. We have enough AI in our lives already. <laughs> we don't need them picking the you know the top tens uh, you know when it comes to U sport uh, football teams. So <laughs> it's usually wrong, anyways. Depending on who wins, I mean, you know, I think what UDM was two, I think Western was one, and then was it something like that? So what what does that what does that tell you? So I mean, you know what? Put it, put us at fourth, put us at fifth. I don't care. Put everybody so. wrong. I just feel bad though because Cody Fajardo is not going to have his bulletin board material anymore. Like, they'll find something. You know they will. 
You know they will. I just, can't see, I just can't see Jake Mayers saying F you just watch. You know? I can't see him saying F you either. So <laughs> well, we didn't we didn't think Cody could say that either. We didn't, but <laughs> lo and behold, and there's video proof of it, so he can't walk it back. And there you go. But there you go. To his credit, he has owned it and he's even he's even embraced it. He's even leaned into it. So good on good on him for that. And However, Jake Mayer is going to use whatever he's going to use to try and motivate his troops, or even Matthew Schultz, who is now going to be a member of the, the yeah, San Peters. Exactly. Maybe he'll. Maybe they'll channel. They'll they'll find their Cody Fajardoism and find a way to propel Calgary and prove all the haters wrong. So, hey, only time will tell, right? Yeah, exactly. Only time will tell. Hey, we really appreciate everybody joining us for this week's episode. Um, like we are doing during the off season, it, we will go every two weeks. So expect to hear from us within the next two weeks. But stay tuned to our socials uh, so you can uh, keep up to date on what we're going to do, who we may have, and uh, if we are going to do a, a, a live show. Um, that's Again, that's one of the things like we did in, in episode one uh, that we are going to do a little bit more often. Uh, nothing to take away from Flight Deck Live, but uh, doing, doing these live kind of uh, uh, keeps us in check, so to speak. But I think it kind of worked well. Uh, let us know how you liked uh, our interview this week. Uh, you can find us on X. You can find me at Repack. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And you can find Cliff over at Cliffy D. Uh, but we will we will be back, obviously, again, as I said, in the next couple of weeks. And uh, uh, Cliffy, stay, stay warm, my friend. Stay safe. And obviously, I will talk to you soon, anybody. Eh, yeah, hopefully this uh, wind dies down because this is it's wild. And so far, and I don't want to jinx anything, but I think we're going to be able to sign off the show and not lose power. So fingers crossed. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, yeah, make sure you follow Isaac uh, Berglund on uh, socials. Make sure you follow <laughs> us on the socials. And you know, let's just keep this party going, folks. Exactly. So for everybody here at the Alouette's Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on Final Approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.